Listen. You only think you know Cinder Williams, co-host of the PPC radio show and the Melanated Morning Show. You've seen her in films with some of the goats. You may have even heard her sing her way to the top. You don't have to judge the book by its cover. You can get the book and read it cover to cover. I'm talking about Pink Panty Confessions by Cinder Williams, available in paperback and digital format in all good bookstores. I would probably look in Amazon. Pink Panty Confessions, the book. Cinder Williams here and welcome to the third season and 20th episode of the PPC podcast. This one is a special one. It's kind of like an anniversary. My very first podcast was for my birthday three years ago. Oh my gosh, time is flying so much. This one is kind of a special one for me because I'm going to hang out with some of my friends and do some fun things, go spend some time with my daughter. And that has not been the case for a long time that I've had fun plans for my birthday. So, hey, hey, hey. On that note, let's get on with it. When I was coming up, I was the oldest of uh, a generation of kids so I was female and it became my place to be a nurturer I took care of them I took care of my brothers and sisters I took care of my cousins I took care of children in the church family and it gave me such joy to be in that position it felt like I was a mother type for a very long time Uh, Well, my guest today, she's my love of many years, her entire life. She was one of my kids, um, but she has turned into a super mom in her own right. And I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Everybody, introducing Anissa Faulkner. Nissa Faulkner, welcome to the PPC podcast. Hello. <laughs> Everybody, this is Anissa. She is um my golly, so many things. Cousin slash sister girl slash friend slash little girl slash bestie slash Oh my God, there's so many slashes. Um, <laughs> I've known you, Anissa, since you were born. So um, I, you have a very special story. So I think we should just dive right on and tell us about your childhood. Even though I know a lot about it, I don't know everything. So <laughs> from your perspective, tell us about you. So I am, um, I'm the baby of five. Um, my mother had four children in three and a half years 
and then waited eight and then had me. So I was, um, although I'm the baby of five, I am almost like an only child because <laughs> as you know, they got older, um, it was really just, just me around. But um, uh, I'll tell our story how my father moved um, our family to um, Trinity United Methodist Church when uh, my older siblings were younger, before I ever came to be. And under the leadership of um, Papa, Reverend J.C. Williams Sr., who um, became like a father figure to my dad um, during a time where he was looking for some leadership. And uh, when I came, when my mom got pregnant with me, Papa was like, you know what, we're have her and we will raise her as one of our own and he literally meant that so um, when I was born um, I became part of the Williams clan Papa who's my grandfather was my godfather um, uh, Mama and Grandma, Grandma and Papa were my godparents um, who raised me with their um, grandchildren in the church so um, with that being said, that kind of gave me my foundation of loving and loving extended family, um, knowing that blood um, doesn't matter. Um, biology, although great, um, is not the end all. Um, it is not the, the, the tie that binds, I guess. So that kind of laid my foundation for future planning a family. Um, you know, I've always thought, okay, well, I'll have children, but I'll always want to adopt. I always want to bring in, you know, children from, from other, you know, that don't have families because that's what I was raised with. We had a lot of fostering going on. I have cousins through adoption, you know, through fostering and adoption, um, through that. So, that's just a little bit about my upbringing yeah well i mean for those that are listening you probably can hear it in her voice which is different than how she was when she was younger but she is a white lady um and as as you all can tell by looking at my face uh, over the years you know that i'm at least partially black uh so um our church was the trinity was was multicultural it was multi racial, multi, a lot of things. And and so Anissa being born a white child was raised a black child, I think. Is that fair to say? Yeah, 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 yes. I, yeah, I did mention that. My um, father being white with a white family moved his white family to a black, predominantly black uh, church where there was only a few white families that attended under the leadership of Reverend J.C. Williams. So that was a very unique upbringing for myself because I tell this story all the time. I thought I was African-American until I was about in the seventh grade when my aunt, um, Aunt Carlos, we were going to a camp and we all had to fill out our paperwork to go. And I was like, Hassan, my cousin, I was like, Hassan, what, what does this mean, race, ethnicity? Like, what does that mean? He's like, just put African-American. That's what we all put, you know. He, so I looked at his paper. I don't remember exactly if that's what he told me to put. Nor he probably did, trying to be funny, and I did it. But um, so I marked that, and uh, Aunt Carlos was going over our paperwork, and she's like, "Anissa, come here." And I was like, "Yes." And she said, "You are not African American." I said, "Yes, I am." She's like, "I said that's what Hassan put." And she was like, "Well, Hassan is African American. He's black." 
and you're not. I was like, yes, I am. Me and Nicole and Hassan, we're all the same color. Like, um, but like, you know, and she was like, no, it's they're they've got they're black. You need to put white or Caucasian. And I was like, so confused. Like being raised under papa, papa raised us that we were all the same. We were all different shades. Like we had the dark darks and we had the lighty lights. So mm-hmm. we had a wide variety of colors in our family. So that never mattered to me. It never showed any preference or anything because Papa always said we were all the same. So when you say that to a child, we see differences, but when those differences are taught to be the same, it was just hard. So if he's black and I'm black, you know what I mean? Like, so, okay, um, Buddy's black, Hassan's black and Nicole's black, but there are three different shades of black. So then I'm black because we're all black, right? You know, so that's how I was kind of raised thinking I was a little, you know, I was just different. Yeah, well, that 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 had to be. I mean, me being, you know, my mother white and my father black was confusing enough in this location. I think if we'd been raised in a completely different place, like maybe on the East Coast or even in California, it would have been still that, but it would have been a little bit different because, mm-hmm. you know, the outside world in in that part of the country was extremely racially divided. Uh, especially in Muncie, Indiana, which is very well known in the Ku Klux Klan nation. A lot of Klan came up there and as a matter of fact, um, constantly uh, threatened uh, our papa with with death and would march in front of our church in their robes. And so it wasn't like we were in some uber liberal place. You, You guys were white families uh, disregarding the other white nation as far as some people were right so that was a huge deal oh um, yeah i used to get beat up um all the time and been called the in in lover um we would wake up in the morning my my siblings cars would be soaked with in lover all over it and you know um i got beat up the white friends thought I was an, you know, an in lover. My black friends thought I was trying to be black, and like, so I really had an awkward time fitting in until older. And I just said, you know, bump it. I'll just be friends with everybody. Those of you that can accept me, fine. Those that you can't, okay, fine. I'm just gonna be me. I, I'm not trying to be anybody different. I'm just trying to be me. This is how I was raised. These are my cousins. I'm not, you know, sleeping around with all these guys. They're just my cousins, mm-hmm. you know. So it was just, yeah, it was very hard, very awkward. I can imagine. I mean, it was awkward for me, you know, because I was mixed and so just totally mistreated by both sides. So I cannot even imagine how it felt being you, you know what I mean? You were loved, thankfully, and I think that's what kept me okay, is that my family loved me so much I didn't care about what anybody else thought or said. But um, but that that had to be crazy. But let's move on because I want to get into your your being a mother because you know you you were raised by your mom, but many moms, you know. So that that was established also moms, aunties, women. Period. And then on the other side, your uncles, your father figures, all you know, like you said, Papa was your goddad. Papa was your granddad, and you had your dad, and then my dad trying to be your dad. Everybody's trying to. (laughs) That was kind of like our lives. We we had we were raised by a tribe. That was we had that truth sense of 
work. So you ended up moving out to LA with me. Um, I was, it was after I had already started doing my stuff. I had some success and I had a little money. So this was like, hey, I'm coming, coming your way. I think you were 18, right? Yeah, I had just turned 19. 19. No, yeah, I had just turned 19. Yep. It was after high school. So, mm-hmm. so you got involved and let's jump right into it with a man that had children. So tell mm-hmm. us about that experience. Uh, so I met a guy who I had known his, I met him through his brother that I had known for years and through his brother known two of his kids. Um, never didn't ever meet him. So knew his two daughters. I met them when they were two and three. And then um, they were about five or six. And we put together the connection that I had never met their dad. And so um, they tried to set us up and, and we, um, we met and we kind of clicked and got together. And um, he had three children, actually. I had just not met the oldest daughter at that time. So I ended up um, getting with him, loving his kids, um, had another child and ended up when she was about six months, we got back together and raised her as well. So I was raising about four children that weren't mine for about 10 years um and in that relationship you know we really thought we would be together but he didn't want to have any more children and of course I would like to have one of my own you know I I wanted to you know be able to have that bond with him as well and since he wasn't um willing to do that then we ended up having to go our separate ways um and in that process of going back and forth and and not really wanting to let go i um started to pray and ask god to send me my husband you know if this is not him then please send me my husband because i really want to 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 have the blessing that you have for me because i know it's greater than anything that i could possibly ever imagine for myself um but i want to have a family and um so i had prayed and asked god to send me a husband and But I was like, please do not send me a man with kids because I'm not going to lose another family. I can't love someone's children because I love those girls as if they were my very own. I didn't love him and that he had kids, you know, and oh, I'm going to love your kids because I'm with you. And then when we're done, you know, forget your kids. No, that's not me. I, to this day, actually, you know, just talk to them, Um, send them, you know, birthday cards, graduation cards and, you know, um, whatever you know they need if they need somebody to talk to i'm here um they're they're women now you know um so anyway i um this guy emailed me at work i was in i went back home to muncie indiana to help my family out my parents out and ended up meeting saying this prayer and in comes this guy um at ball state housing office and um meet him and um find out you know, he's recently divorced and he has two small children. And I'm like, oh, God, no, I can't do this. Um, but long story short, he ends up being the love of my life. And we are um, married 14 years this year um, in July and been together almost 16 years and have three beautiful children. He came with two that were one, a little over one and four when we met. and. Now, um, one's about the oldest is about to be 20 in July, and uh, she's 17, a junior, about to be a senior. And now we have a six year old. Yay! <laughs> Just turned six, my baby baby. Yeah, so okay, we 
we got to get into no let's not give them the full full story the full tea as they say of um of xavier but but give enough because i want you guys you guys really please come to the ppc radio show may 25th up from 2 to 3 eastern on www.thegrownfolksradio.com youtube or you can come to my facebook pages and it's there um to hear the full story because this story is freaking up a miracle especially if you're a family that's been having issues with having children you've got to hear the whole miracle of the story but tell us you know basically what happened so uh, my husband and I uh, tried for years and years and years to conceive and unfortunately I was not I I was not able to conceive um, and he bless his heart was willing to do whatever I wanted you know, of course, you know, he's like, I am good with this, but a part of me wanted to contribute to our family. I wanted to have a child with you, whether biologically or not. I wanted to be able to give him another child that never left him. You know, we, you know, shared custody with his older two children um, because of the divorce, but um, I wanted to be able to give him a child that never had to leave him, that he was a, you know, 124 hour, 100% 24 hours a day, dad too. Um, because you know, that separation with our kids was always devastating and heartbreaking every time we had to, they had to leave us and not just for us, but for the children themselves, you know, it's, it's very hard, um, on, on kids. So we prayed and prayed and you would always said we wanted to have a kid and then adopt. That was my plan. Have a kid and then adopt. That was my plan. Well, it didn't work out so well that way. And I kind of started to lose faith. I started to lose hope. Like I'm believing God's going to give me a baby. I believe that he's going to give me one healthy egg. That's all I need, Lord, every month. One healthy egg, just one healthy egg and one healthy sperm. That's how babies are made. Um, but I, I had talked to an attorney. We were going to sign up for an adoption agency. And that attorney was like, you know what? I think what you should do is just word of mouth. Most adoptions happen word of mouth. Um, just tell people around you, you know, your church group, your friends, people around that you're looking. I'm like, all right, did it? I did that. Nothing happened for a while. So one day I'm in Bible study with um, some wives and I feel a tap on my shoulder and it's like, hey, you need to adopt. And so I'm like, all right, all right, God, I hear you. You know, one of the other wives was telling her story, talking about she felt she missed her calling. You know, her husband was asking if they missed their calling. And I was like, okay, so I don't want to miss a calling. So if anybody here, I said, I got something, to, you know, let me just throw this out there for you guys. If anybody hears of anybody that, you know, is putting a baby up for adoption, preferably biracial, because we're a biracial couple, let me know. Um, we're not with any agency, you know, but we are open to adoption. That's how I threw it out there. All nonchalant, whatever. Done this before, nothing's happened. So, okay, God, I hear you. Two, um, that was on a Wednesday. The following Tuesday, I get a text message from one of the ladies in the group. And she was like, hey, you know, did you want to go with an agency or you, you said you didn't, you know? I said, no, we don't. She's like, well, I might have a baby for you. Long story short, the, this um, lady's daughter that her daughter was taking horseback riding lessons from was pregnant. And she didn't 
you know, she's like, I can't take this child. I'm already raising her daughter. I can't do another one. She's going to have to give this one up. I'm sorry. And so my friend's like, excuse me, is she, um, is it biracial by chance? And she was like, yeah, most likely because her daughter was. So it wasn't an odd question for mm-hmm. her to ask. And she didn't know when she was due. She had no prenatal care, nothing. So um, that following Wednesday, she was going to go. We were going to she was going to go in and get checked so we could get a due date on that Wednesday. And if, you know, everything looked fine, then we would proceed. Um, but there's a lot of little things that happened in between all of this. And long story short, um, I got a call Wednesday morning saying um, she, you know, she was bleeding. So they took her to the hospital. I'm like, OK, no problem. If she's not um, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. It's in God's hands. God has all of this uh, planned out. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If not, it's not. So I go to work out with um my friend who was the Bible study leader also did workouts for us um, on Wednesday. So I was at workout and I got a call from my friend and she said, you need to, um, are you at workout? I said, yeah. She's like, you need to step away. I got, I got to talk to you. And I was like, okay, what's going on? And um, she said, um, you're having a baby. You need to get to the hospital. I said, excuse me. She said, <laughs> yes. Um, I was like, wait, they're, they're, she's like, yeah, she's five and a half centimeters dilated and they want you to be here. Another part of my prayer on this, but that's coming and a bigger story of how all of this played out and how God answered every one of my prayers of what I wanted to have. I wanted to be there at the birth. I wanted to be able to breastfeed. I wanted to be the first person that, you know, all of these things was playing right out. And, and so I was like, oh my God, okay. Um, I've got to go home and change. I've been working out. I'm sweaty. I can't come and meet, you know, get my baby like this. And she was like, yeah, you need to get here. So long story short, I called my husband who is recruiting, um, in Charlotte, uh, you know, he's recruiting out of town and tell him, um, she's, um, having the baby. We got, we got to get to the hospital, you know? So he's like, all right, turn it around. Going to check out. I'll be there in a sec. I'll be there, you know, two hours. So um, about an hour and a half, two hours later, three hours later, we uh, received our blessing, our Xavier Starling Faulkner at 1.33 p.m., wow. eight pounds, one ounce, 21 and a half inches long. Mm. So and I, I seriously, everybody, I really want you to come to the radio show to hear more because they're... We, this is actually our second go at this interview. She said some things in the first interview that I that are really are part of the story that I think you need to hear. So, oh my gosh, there's so much more, but I obviously this is a we keep this short. So thank you so much, Anissa, for for coming and sharing your story. And by the way, guys, if if you guys listen to the uh, interview I had with Eddie Faulkner, this is Anissa Faulkner, his wife. So, you know, the one of the coaches from the Pittsburgh Steelers, we had him on about a month and a half ago or so. So this is their story about their child, and it's so beautiful. So please come back on May 20th and join us so you can hear more. But uh, what a special woman you are and um, a special story you have that I think can help many. And one of the things you said, you were going to write a book, and I hope you continue on that process. If any way I can help. Yes, yes, definitely got to write his story. It's been let, it's been put on my heart. And I, a lot of people, are, when I tell his story, they're like, oh, my God, you've got to share that you've got to write a book about it. And it's like, 
you know, I wanted to always hold it close to my heart, but it's, it's, it is a helpful story and, and there are a lot of people struggling. So it is, um, may not be in our timing, but God always hears our prayers and he does answer them. It's just in his timing. And that's something that I had to learn to let go of. So yes, I'm definitely in the process of trying to put ideas, putting, putting these down on paper or on tape and, and, um, sharing his story that it might it's his story. You know, he needs to know his story, where he came from. And he always asks me and I'm like, yep, I didn't carry you in my belly, but I prayed for you and God answered and he delivered you right, right on time. Mm-hmm. So and, definitely and check that and, together. And it was beautiful that you're finally more than the other mother. You know, you were, you know, the other mother for so long and Xavier is your child. So I'm so happy for you. Anyway, girl, I thank you again for, for coming on and we'll be seeing you on May 25th. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Everybody deserves a mother figure, be it biological, adopted mom, one of your friends' mother treats you like their child, or you're the other mother. It doesn't matter. Women, and sometimes men, who nurture children are a blessing to them all. And I am extremely grateful for the ones that I had in my life, including, of course, my grandmothers and my great-grandmothers and my my moms and my aunts and my friends of the family who treated me with love. I'm so blessed. And for that, I will be eternally grateful. Well, that's it for another PPC podcast. To hear more from Anissa Faulkner, you can come and join us on Wednesday, May 25th from 2 to 3 Eastern on www.thegrownfolksradio.com, YouTube, and Facebook Live. Big shout out and thank you to my friend and super producer, DJ Kid Disco, for production and always wonderful beats. God bless you all. Until next time. That's a rat, 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 that's a rat. Hi, this is Cinda, and I want to tell you about the PPC radio show. 
Every Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern, DJ Kid Disco, Shelly Shell Williams and I sit down and talk with wonderful guests from all over the world. We talk about how to survive healing your heart and everything in between. So go to www.thegrownfolksradio.com to listen in or you can watch us live on Facebook or YouTube. That's the PPC Radio Show from 2 to 3 Eastern. See you there.